Welcome into No Punt Intended, presented by Club Fantasy. I am your host, Joe Zolo. As you can see, if you're watching the live stream with us here Wednesday nights, um, you can see the one and only Joshua. We can't exactly stay six feet away from Josh because StreamYard doesn't allow it. Um, but Josh has the COVID, which is why he has his mask on to start. Joshua, you are free to leave it on if you'd like. Oh, God, no. I don't know. How muffled does it sound over the, the microphone? Honestly, Just not, at all. not at all. No? All right, well, I'm, I'm going to take it off because I can't breathe with this thing on. So. All right, fantastic. Oh, so. man, don't perpetuate that. <laughs> so, <laughs> Did I have to wear these things at work for like eight hours at a time? So I'm just like, ah, terrible. Oh, God, I wish I had a job. Uh, <laughs> joining me, as always, the uh, COVID-free Ryan Weiss and the COVID-positive Joshua Hudson. And, yeah, I'm on COVID IR this week. Sorry, yes, guys. COVID IR, but Josh joins us from afar. And joining us for the first time on the show, uh, you probably know him from his fantastic Twitter feed, Jake Trowbridge. How are you, buddy? I am doing swell because uh, I, I don't have the COVID, uh, <laughs> but I'm happy to see that Josh is handling it very well. But I'm yes. good. How are you hey, guys if doing? You can't have a sense of humor with this stuff. I'm not in ICU. That's the biggest thing that I'm taking away from this. So I'm just glad that you're already a leg up on Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Baby steps. Baby steps here. All right. Uh, let us recap a little bit here. So quick news, of course, three up, three down, upsides, downsides, Ryan stream of the week. My kicker of the week didn't do so hot. I told you Dustin Hopkins would miss a field goal and that field goal ended up being pretty crucial to him finishing in the top 12. So that was, I was going to say, I was going through and like plugging in all of the, uh, uh, the records and everything. And I was like, wait, this is the first week that Joe didn't get his kicker right. And, and I was he, like, that's it. He's fired. He's done. Screw here, it. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I called Dustin Hopkins would miss a long field goal. He missed it from like uh, 45 plus, I believe. I expected him to make a little more, but if he made if he made that 45 yard, it would have pushed. But you get for banking on a on a on a football team player. Yeah, that's well, right. I'm banking. I'm banking on a football team player as my upside running back this week. So we'll get to that in a little bit. And then, of course, my blurred lines and uh, spoiler alert: I'm banking on the football team in my blurred lines pick as well. So that's going to be. Oh goodness, that's oh, dangerous! Yeah. Ow! Yeah, yeah. You want to talk about living on the edge? Bet on the Washington football team. All right, quick news and thoughts here. Um, Miles Sanders and Zach Ertz are both out for week seven. Ertz expected to miss three to four weeks, whereas Sanders only one to two weeks. Um, if this game was Sunday, Sanders probably had a better chance of playing. Um, you will most likely see him back in. Josh, do the Eagles have a bye next week, or are they still on in week eight? Um, no, they. Are, I think their bye is week nine or ten. Okay. Honestly, I, I don't know, dude. I'm so out of it right now. You're fine. I just, <laughs> uh, you're an Eagles fan. I thought I'd check in. We'll find out here. Give me one second. Um, so expect to see Sanders back most likely next week. Uh, Raheem Mostert expected week nine. to be placed on yeah, IR. So Thank you, weeks, Ryan. Yeah. Um, Raheem Mostert expected to be placed on IR. John o. Smith has an ankle injury. He's considered week to week. The biggest shock to me. Tua Tagovailoa has now been named the Dolphins' starting quarterback beginning in week eight as the Dolphins have a bye this week. So giving the rookie quarterback two weeks to prepare for his NFL debut as a starter. Against Aaron Donald. That's a great start. That, that's what I said in my head. I'm like, they're playing the Rams. 
Why would you want to start Tua against the best player in the I feel NFL? like that was just the unlucky draw, like that team coming in their bye week. I, but I, the way that this was announced, the way that this was announced, like it feels like this was the plan all along. Like if Tua was going to be yeah. ready, it was let's get him the extra week with the bye to prepare. Because, I mean, for everything that Fitzpatrick has done, and yeah, he's still – Causing turnovers here and there, and two turnovers against the Jets probably isn't the best thing. But they're a game out of first place in the AFC, and what seems like a very winnable AFC East this year. Like, this tells me that they literally have no desire to win this year. It's all about how we're going to develop Tua. I have a contrary take here, if you don't mind. I think they're actually doing this to protect their greatest asset in Ryan Fitzpatrick. They're like, we don't want you going against Aaron Donald. We're going to give you the week off. Let's shove this guy Tua in, uh, and then you'll be good the week after. Quack, you imagine? Yeah, after Aaron Donald kills Tua, you can just come right back in. Then your future's done. (laughs) (laughs) Screw it. Five more years Uh, for the beard. (laughs) uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is the future. He's young at heart, and that's That's what counts. Right. Uh, and also Deshaun Jackson active for the first time this year on Thursday night football against the New York football giants. All right. Quickly, our three ups here. Jake, your first time on the show. Your three ups, Carson Wentz, A.J. Green, Rob Gronkowski checking in for his first touchdown of uh, 2020. Ryan, you had DeAndre Swift, Ronald Jones, and Trey Burton checking in with a rushing and receiving touchdown. Josh... Tua, because he stepped on the field. Yep. Um, hey, that was a great moment after the game. It really was. No, what? No. It, and it that, was that was really my biggest thing. Like when they when they blasted that picture afterwards, like showing him on the field, and he was, uh, I guess, FaceTiming, I think, with his family that couldn't be Correct. there. I was like, hey, man, that's that's, that's what's up. Yep. That's absolutely fantastic. Um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Thank you, Joe Buck, for pronouncing his last name correctly. Not. E Lair. It really pisses me off when people do that. And Brandon Cooks, uh, another one. Uh, I know that was like a question we had last week, and I know we were on the fence, some of us, for Brandon Cooks. Uh, myself, I had Justin Jefferson, Tim Patrick, who kind of did something unexpected again. I mean, four catches for over 100 yards. It was unexpected, yeah. in my opinion. And then throwing it on the defensive side, uh, shout out to Faith, who picked up Emmanuel Ogba. Dropped 27 <laughs> points in her league. Um, so, Emmanuel Ogba, huge week, had two sacks. So, big, big fan of that. Three downs. Jake, Big Ben, Chase Edmonds, and Chris Godwin. Chase Edmonds, a big one. He he put up a fat dud. Um, Ryan, I still I don't know why anyone instilled confidence in Andy Dalton, but Andy Dalton. <laughs> uh, Mike Evans. And Alexander Madison, I will pr- I will say, the Cowboys' offensive line is non-existent right yep. now. Absolutely yeah. non-existent. So Dalton is playing with that. that oh, hurts. but, you know, Carson Wentz has, has – he's got the same problems. He had everybody wants to crucify him. Yeah, but Carson Wentz but goes the into the season with a bad oh, no, offensive I, I was line. told recently that Carson Wentz is basically Andy Dalton, so. I mean, no. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just saying. This is what I've been told. So, I, I yeah. mean, no. I mean, they they both kind of have red hair. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, white. kind of right. <laughs> um, they both haven't won a playoff game, so there's that. 
Except uh, one has a Super Bowl ring. I mean, not <laughs> playing in it, but sure. I mean, one has a Super Bowl ring. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo has two Super Bowl rings, and he's only really played. And one. you can't ever take that away from him. I can sure. take away his. I can take away his crappy performance that he had in <laughs> Super Bowl Fifty. Actually, no, that's on record. That's already oh, yeah. there. You can't take that away. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Josh, your downs. You had Juju Smith-Schuster, Cole Hardman, which. God. Yeah, that was Oops. that was a big dagger right there. He put up a goose egg, right? Nothing. Yeah. Like just yeah, nothing. Goose egg. I had him in my captain slot in my DraftKings lineup. Oh. Fun they time. appreciate your donation. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Aaron Rodgers as well. Uh, myself, I just decided to choose three teams. The New England Patriots. Oops. What the fuck? Um <laughs> The Dallas Cowboys. This is why you stay away from large sp- spreads. In no, your no, 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 no. It's not even the fact that they that they like missed the spread. It's the fact that they look like they a pee football up. team. They look like a pee wee football team. It most I'm putting most of the blame on Josh McDaniels. What an awful game that he called on Sunday. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Mike McCarthy's the biggest elephant at the circus, and the Green Bay Packers forgot how to play football after the first two drives. Yeah. Um, yes. And actually, Jake, I didn't have my third down. But I saw your then <laughs> I saw your background. And I'm like, oh, the Packers sucked after the first. Two this week. Yeah, they happy. sure did. And um, I, for one, appreciate it being brought up on this podcast. Dude, I mean, and I was I was sitting there because I'm like, I wasn't sure because Tampa, I believe, was plus two and a half at home going into it. And I'm like, it's intriguing. But. Aaron Rodgers has been cooking on all cylinders this year, and he's coming off a bye week. Like, that screams Green Bay is going to, you know, at least put put a game together. You get Adams back. There was just so many things that were working in their favor, and then they got boat raced. Here was the interesting stat for me. As great as Aaron Rodgers has been this year, of the quarterbacks that started this week, he had the second worst fantasy performance. Wow. Behind or in front of only Drew Locke, which yes, I mean, he's coming off of an injury. You want to you want to know how painful it is that Drew Locke had the worst fantasy football performance in his team, still like smacked the Patriots, smacked. It wasn't even. I mean, close. I wouldn't. I mean, smacked Josh. They, they that, kicked the field goal every time. They didn't smack them that Josh, bad. You guys just couldn't do anything. Josh, Josh, the defense looked horrid. They couldn't get a stop. And uh, I'm I, Cam Newton has forgotten how to play football. Uh, he is six. Hey, foot COVID six. does that to you. Speaking from experience, there you go. <laughs> he is six foot six and can't throw the ball over defensive linemen. Huh? <laughs> That's a Kyler Murray issue, not a Cam Newton issue. COVID so, changed his mechanics. Oh, <laughs> oh messes just, with your mind, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You don't know what he's going through. <laughs> Leave Cam alone. <laughs> Absolutely painful. Absolutely painful. Look, we can get Maggie on the mic, and she will rip Cam Newton a new one. She hates Cam Newton. Oh, did, she had Cam Newton and Andrew Luck in fantasy football two years ago. Now at this point, oh, every week she started Cam Newton. Andrew Luck tore it up on her bench, and then every week that she started Andrew Luck, Cam Newton tore it up on her bench. So it was a very love hate relationship with Cam Newton. Um, all right, upsides here going into week seven. So, Jake, you have to beat Samantha Praviti, who we had on last week from the New York Post. She was two and two. So you're sitting there. All you got to do is get two wins, and you're, you're golden, buddy. You got Teddy Bridgewater in New Orleans. 
J.D. McKissick against the Dallas Cowboys, who may or may not pop up a little bit later with the person talking in the microphone right now. <laughs> uh, Russell Gage against Detroit. And Austin Hooper in Cincinnati. Ryan, you were 3-1 and one last week, improving your overall record to 9-14-1. You have Climbing Daniel Jones Thursday night against the Eagles. Justin Jackson at home against Jacksonville. Wow, that is a mouthful. Jackson yes. against Jacksonville. Travis Fulgham on Thursday night against the Giants. And we're back. Logan Thomas is back on the street right, of the baby. week train, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Get ready for a one-catch, two-yard performance. But if he Logan scores a Thomas. touchdown, he'll still be playable. <laughs> still be playable if he scores a touchdown. Logan Thomas, uh, Ryan stream of the week at tight end and his upside tight end. Josh, goose egg again. In the uh, in the upside column here. Oh, I, I would just like to point out my tight end pick last week. I knew was going to be an yes, L, but I call fair. it a win because he did have one catch. <laughs> that that is fair. You did have you did have Daryl Daniels. Maybe and you I had did... COVID last week, and that's what happened. That's true. Yeah. Oh, I tested positive Sunday, so it's very that's possible. What I'm saying. <laughs> yep. Test that's positive for a low bar as well. Oh. My goodness. Listen, I, you are I not threw, wrong, Jake. <laughs> I threw Daryl Daniels in my lineup just to throw Josh a bone. And then didn't he make the first catch of the game? He did. <laughs> he did. I got excited. <laughs> he did. He then made zero catches afterwards. So it was a very disappointing night. Um, Josh, this week you have Gardner Minshew in Los Angeles against the Chargers. DeAndre Swift in Atlanta. T. Higgins versus Cleveland at home. And Dalton Schultz in Washington against the football team. Myself, I was 3-1 last week, 13-10-1 overall. I have Joe Burrow at home against Cleveland. McKissick, home against Dallas. Mike Williams, home against Jacksonville. And Robert Tanyan in Houston. Let us start here with our upsides. And Jake, we'll focus in because two of us had picked J.D. McKissick. And I had saw you put him in there before I even hopped on. I, I've seen McKissick has slowly, every single week, scored more fantasy points and Dallas is bad. <laughs> so what more would you like to say on JD McKissick? He's only in for like 50% of the snap. So he doesn't have a lot of snap count. Does that worry you at, at all? Excuse me. Going into this week. I'm not worried about the snap counts with him because I know what Washington is doing with it. We know what his role is. I'm not expecting him to come out and be the lead dog in that backfield. It's just the dude gets peppered with targets every single week. And this is one of those uh, examples of where like you can't really align yourself with uh, what the coaching staff should be doing because yes, maybe they should be giving the ball to Antonio Gibson all the time, but they're not, they're not doing that. And so you have to stop hoping for that and just look at the paper and go, look, this guy's getting basically eight targets every game here. I'm taking that for any running back right now. And I don't care if he scores a touchdown or not. And he's like yeah. free. He's out there in every yes. league. So yeah. And you're right. I mean, Gibson is the lead dog quote unquote, but at this I, point, though, is he? I, I mean, I, I think when it comes I, he to... He should be. We all know he should be. He's the most talented of all of them. But this is also a guy that, you know, has very limited snaps at running back. He's still learning this position. Yeah. And He's a good limited, pass catcher. Limited touches last year as well. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. I, I think McKissick could arguably be the best receiving back on the team because that, that's, been, that's been his MO his entire career. 
When he was with Seattle, he was a receiving back. When he was in Detroit, he was Antonio a Gibson's a former wide receiver. I understand. I understand. <laughs> Catching out of the backfield is different than running routes. That's all I'm saying. I That's wonder how much you're of this... still running routes when you're catching the ball out of the backfield. Sw- swing, <laughs> catching swing passes are different than catching slant patterns. That's all I'm saying. Swing I wonder how much angle of, routes are different. I wonder how much of this was Darius Geis and his mishaps that they had an idea coming into this season how they wanted to use two running backs. And ideally Gibson would have been in that McKissick role, but then he had to slide into the runner and then McKissick slid into the receiver. So wouldn't you think they'd plug in Peyton Barber into that? Run? I'm not. Well, he's trash. Means. So. I was about to say, we all see Peyton Barber run the football. That's Listen, not a I'm pretty not, sight. I am not here to vouch for Peyton Barber. He is the past two years. He was so he's your upside Tam- Peyton Barber. Yeah, <laughs> But when you think about you look at you look at the running backs that they have, those three, Barber, Gibson, and McKissick, Barber's the pure runner. He's not a good pure runner, but he is a pure runner. Didn't he have two touchdowns in week one as well? <laughs> he did. They were they yeah. were little little garbage touchdowns, little short yardage touchdowns. Um so I, I would just I would think that they would have plugged him in there and, you know, put Gibson in that role that they already have have planned for him, yeah, maybe. I mean, Gibson's not a small guy by any means, so I I, I really don't know that entire team and that entire backfield is a mess. Uh, the only sure thing apparently is Terry McLaurin. Doesn't matter who his quarterback That's is, right. he's still gonna he's still gonna produce points. You know, it may not be wide receiver one points every single week, but it's still gonna be startable points for Terry McLaurin, at least to put him as your wide receiver two or your flex. Josh, I am seeing Sean's question, but I have, I've been going back and forth here. Is it the Antonio Brown question? No, no, no. He had one early. It was. Oh, I see. Tana- yep. Tannehill no, 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 no. Brady. Yeah. yeah well, one above. Um, thank you. So I was, I was trying to read through it quickly. Tom Brady or Ryan Tannehill. Um, the Titans play the Steelers. Correct yep. me if I'm wrong. Yeah. And the Bucks are, I believe, Sunday night in Las Vegas. Correct. Brady definitely has the easier matchup. Yeah. So I'm I mean, gonna, if you if you're going, going the Brady. matchup route, I would go Brady. Here's where, and and this is like one of the few nuggets of research I was actually able to do this week before just like everything kind of shit the bed for me. So Ryan Tannehill right now, under pressure has the second highest passer rating in the NFL. The Steelers have the most sacks. They just lost Taylor Lewan, their left tackle for the year. But he has seven touchdowns to zero interceptions. Steelers lost uh, Devin Bush, too. Or maybe I'm saying, I don't remember. I get the two guys confused. But Yeah, uh, Devin Bush. Okay. Yeah. So, But, I mean, they still have Watt. They still have Bud Dupree. Dupree so, they, I mean, they can stay Cam, Cam Hayward. They still can fine. get yeah. after the quarterback. Yeah, they're fine. So, I, I mean, this is basically like one team's strength against another team's strength. And right now, I don't think you can say that Tom Brady is matchup proof the way that he's been playing this year. It's been very up and down. Tannehill right now feels that way. So, I, I mean, I'm trotting Tannehill out. I have zero issue with it. He's actually one of my plays this week and my confidence plays, which is coming out uh, tomorrow morning. But, again, I, I if you want to go the matchup route, I, I, Tom Brady, I'm all for it. I'm fine with starting Tannehill. I don't think you can really go that wrong either way. Jake? 
I'm going to have to go with Brady in this scenario because, not to spoil alert too hard, but I am down on Tannehill this week in general. Uh, and it is, in, it really is in part because of the pieces that may or may not be missing and the iffier pieces for them. Like, I don't know what do we expect from John? Or is he going to be trotted out there? And what do we expect from uh, Corey Davis? Even I know we shouldn't speak the name Corey Davis probably because the fantasy <laughs> oh, community Corey Davis won't season. lie. Come on, man. Stop. Corey Davis uh, season. I'm all about it. <laughs> you know, Davis in general, so I'm nervous about <laughs> I'm as nervous about that as I am pretty confident in Brady's weapons that have returned. He didn't have to use them against yeah. my poor Green Bay Packers. And so that's why his stats were not as inflated as they rightfully should have been. Uh, with Chris Godwin back healthy now uh, and Mike Evans out there and Gronk getting involved. Like I have zero issues with the weapons. And I do think that the Raiders are going to be able to keep it more interesting. Uh, just in terms of a back and forth. So um, even though that's hard to say, again, after watching Aaron do what Aaron did this last week for the Packers, I'm still more on Brady. Ryan? Yeah, it's Brady for me. Uh, every quarterback not named Cam Newton has done well against the Raiders, and Brady's just going to keep doing that. So, uh, Keep in mind, too, they're also really bad at stopping the run. This could very easily be a game where they lean on Rojo. I mean, they've been leaning on Rojo, and Brady still hasn't played terribly. Yeah, I just, I am waiting for a Ryan Tannehill game, and this just feels like one. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go towards Brady. I'm Ryan Tannehill's not this good. He's not this good. We, it, at some point, the guy has to. Enjoy. I kind of think he is at this he's point. Not. I he's mean, he's not. He's not. He's not. Remember that one year Alex Smith was QB two in fantasy football. We all know who Alex Smith was. Wasn't that Andy Reid's first year in KC, though? No. No, he was a couple years into KC, I'm pretty sure. That was Alex Smith's second to last year with the team, I believe. Uh, Might have been yeah, last but... year. That that was not that wasn't the year that Reid joined the team. But I'm just I'm just saying. Tannehill and Alex Smith are game <sighs> managers. Yeah. So I'm I'm sorry. Tannehill's looking better than a game manager at this point. That's hey, all. I'm I'll, He's I'll been managing that. extraordinarily well. Exactly. At the very <laughs> least. I got to give him that credit. I mean, uh, it's, it's, you know, I, I'm just waiting for it. I think this is the week. I, I'm, I'm Brady. I think I said it earlier, but I'm Tom Brady. Another one from Sean as well. Uh, pick one at a PPR flex. Jarek McKinnon, Justin Jackson, Darius Slayton. Or Juju Smith-Schuster? I will answer off the gun here, and I will lean Justin Jackson. Jake, I'll go to you first. Uh, I'm actually all about Slayton this week on that Thursday night matchup against Philly. I, I would be torn a little bit between Justin Jackson and Slayton, but um, I'm just leaning a little bit more towards the uh, complete abomination that's going to be through that first quarter for the Giants. Um, just destroying Philly. At least that's my hope there. And he'll get like two touchdowns during that time. Yeah. Josh? Justin Jackson. Darius Slayton, he's going to get the Darius Slay treatment this week. So, Ooh. That's true. Ryan? Justin Jackson. If you saw what uh, DeAndre Swift did last week, you saw what Justin Jackson's going to do this week. Speaking of DeAndre Swift, Sarah on Facebook asking, would you flex Travis Fulgham? Over Antonio Gibson, DeAndre Swift, Jamison Crowder, or Robbie Anderson is a half-point PPR. I'll start. I would find a way to get Fulgham and Swift in your lineup. 
Um, that's just me personally. Ryan, I'll go to you. Um, I would find a way to get Fulgham, Swift, Crowder, and Anderson into your lineup. <laughs> <laughs> and Anderson's going to go off this week. Crowder, you don't bench, especially in any form of PPR. Swift should have a good week, and so should Fulgham. Fulgham would be the one I benched if I had to bench one of them. There is no way you would catch me benching Crowder or Robbie Anderson this week. Jake? If anybody out of that, I would be benching Gibson at best. And if you just are really excited about watching somebody on Thursday Night Football and you want an excuse to put somebody in, cool. (laughs) Put him in over Gibson, but don't put him in over anybody else. Yeah. Josh? Yeah, I have Robbie Anderson as a fade this week, mostly because I think he's going to see a lot of Janoris Jenkins, and Jenkins has actually been the better of the two corners for the Saints, but all bets are off because, A, he's a fade, and it's a Teddy Bridgewater revenge game. My my biggest issue my biggest issue with Fulgham is with Djax returning, we really have zero clue how they're going to use him. And I mentioned this in, in our show earlier in the year, like the way that the Eagles were using Deshaun Jackson was more as the X receiver, which he's not. He's more of a Z. Like, let him run straight. Let him run those deep routes. So if they keep, if they keep him as a Z, which is what John Hightower was running, exactly, then he's going to have free reign, and then Fulgham is going to play the X, and he's going to end up seeing a lot of James Bradbury. And Bradbury's actually been very solid this year as a corner. So okay. it's kind of like, yeah, maybe, but the way that Carson's been force-feeding him the football, it may not matter. Yeah. So McLaurin was seven for 74 against James Brown. I know I would not be starting Gibson. I, I will say yes. that, but I, I don't think you can go wrong really with any of the other four. Yeah. hundred percent agree. Uh, Cooter doodle, our friend over on Periscope says, love Cooter. We had Matthew McConaughey on the, on the snow. Well, are we going to get some impressions here, Jake? <laughs> all right. All right. All right. <laughs> By the way, dude, shout out, man. You've been killing these impressions lately on Twitter. They've been yeah, fantastic. I've just been extraordinarily bored. We were talking before we got on the air here. It's week seven, and you're just like, what do I do at week seven? You know? You, you, sit in, you sit in front of your computer and debate how Barack Obama would react to a trade proposal. I like That's it. That's exactly right. what you do. I don't think he would take it very well. And so uh, I think if you give him a bullshit offer, he's going to give you some what back. There you go. Most likely. That would, that would be that would be my guess. I don't think Barack Obama takes, takes any shit from no one. Um... Okay, quickly, I just want to fly through this. I don't want a reasoning behind it. I just want a name so we can keep going through here. From Steely McBeam over on Facebook, Josh, I'm starting with you. It's a half-point PPR, David Montgomery or Kenyon Drake? Monty this week. Jake? Montgomery. Ryan? Montgomery. David Montgomery. Kenyon Drake's going to go back to inside of his shell. Uh, And DJ Chark or Terry McLaurin? Josh? McLaurin. Chark worries me this week. Jake. McLaurin, can't sit him. Ryan. McLaurin is my wide receiver one this week. Oh! McCl- Kyle McLaurin. Allen, a quarterback? That's ballsy. McLaurin is is playing Dallas. Yep. You play Terry McLaurin. DJ Shark's going to see Casey Hayward. So, you play Terry McLaurin. Uh, yeah, no, that that's, that's, uh, that's around the room. Terry McLaurin and David Montgomery for you. Um, all right. Moving on here, Josh, I wanna I wanna get to your upsides because you put up a goose egg last week. And <laughs> so, so oh. you want my opinions this week? That's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of. What we want to get I, them out of the way early so we can move on right? to the real one. <laughs> what what I wanna know, cause I actually, to spoil my quarterback downside, I have Gardner Minshew as a downside. 
Ooh. So, why do you feel, I guess, different from me? Obviously, myself. So, okay. Using... So, so taking the cross-country trip out of things, okay, over the last is, three which weeks. Which is a giant factor. In it it can. Thing, it, no, it, it can. Absolutely. On, I mean, I mean sure. we saw how the weather affected the, uh, the Chiefs game that nobody really saw coming. Because, yeah. I mean, everybody and their mother, us included, were hyping Nicole Hardman last week. Um, the Chargers over the last three weeks have allowed the most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. Yep. And on the season, they have allowed the third most. Okay. Gardner Minshew has been steady, if underwhelming, in terms of where he's at from a fantasy perspective. Like the first four weeks, he's been QB 12. Over the last three games, is QB 14. His ceiling for me is like QB 9 in any, any given week, right? He offers the scramble, scram, bleh, scrambling ability. Um, they're going to get Chenault involved. I I have, oddly enough, I have DJ Shark as a downside, or not downside, excuse me, but a fade this week. Just You mentioned Casey Hayward. The Chargers have actually not been great guarding wide receivers as witnessed by the fact that they give up a ton of points to quarterbacks. Um, but shark has just been so hit or miss. Like he had 14 targets last week in what 45 yards. Like they're just not connecting right now. I don't know if it's just the injuries that he's dealing with, with the ankle and he's not hitting the routes the same way. And that's throwing off the timing with Minshew or what it is. But regardless, Minshew's going to find somebody. I mean, he found Keelan Cole last week. So I just think that there's upside just in terms of the situation that he's going in. Yeah, the cross-country trip, we've seen it affect people, but we've also seen it not phase people. So I'm going to take the numbers on this side of things, and I'll say that Minshew has at least top 15 upside, but it's probably somewhere in the 9 to 15 range. That That's very fair. It was You said the last three weeks the Chargers have been number one at giving up fantasy points to quarterbacks? Yeah. They've missed Melvin Ingram the last three weeks. Is he back this week? He is potentially back. Uh, he's trending towards playing. Um, if anything, uh, Anthony Lynn said he'll most likely be on a snap count, but even then he'll be in on a snap count on those passing downs. Yeah. So he's going to be rushing the quarterback. And they didn't have Jerry Tillery. Okay, so that enhances Minshew's scrambling ability, which we know he does so well. You have Bosa, Jerry Tillery, and Melvin Ingram coming in on you. Like I'm, I'm just saying, like he's going to be facing. Uh, well, look, we all we all expect Justin Herbert's going to go off this week, right? He's going to absolutely. I mean, he's probably a top six quarterback this week. So what does that mean? That means that Minshew's going to have to throw to keep them involved in this game. Most definitely. I mean, it's the same thing that's been happening with Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow's been a top fifteen quarterback this year. So what you're saying is be cool when it comes to the beginning in the fourth quarter. Yeah. He has not delivered the way that you exactly. wanted to. Yeah, give it exactly. give it 15 minutes. It's going to happen. That's uh, It's going to be like Kirk Cousins this week throws three interceptions and yep. then shows out in the fourth quarter. Yep. But, you know, it was it was tough because. That stream I mean, of the week pick made you nervous in the first half of that game, didn't it, Ryan? I was heartbroken. I was like, wow, I don't think I've ever missed this bad. And then he. Brought me back. I was going to say, I actually started Cousins over Tannehill in one league where I lost Dak Prescott. And seeing those first three interceptions and then seeing Tannehill blow up, I'm like, son of a bitch, Ryan's going to get an earful. And I was like, all right, he made up for it. It's okay. He only only outscored him by four points. So I'm like, all right. (laughs) 
You, you want to know how my betting day went on Sunday? I normally not do good like, considering uh, your Patriots pick. <laughs> yeah, that was that was not good. But outside of that, I tend to do a lot of prop bets, and I hit like I think I've done the math. I hit like seventy percent of my prop bets normally, so I'm 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 fairly up. The prop bet that I one of the prop bets I went with this week was Kirk Cousins to throw less than a half of an interception. Oh Jesus! <laughs> the Oops. first pass. <laughs> The first, we are two minutes into the game and Joe has already lost money. Yeah, come on, Kirk. That was just that was so terribly rude. Yeah, Josh, we but it looked like you're about to say something. I don't know if you're about to cough or you're just. <coughs> well, now yeah. I am. Thanks yeah. for bringing that up. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. All right. Um, quickly, just I want to talk about Robert Tanyan. Uh, if Anthony Ferkser can light the Texans on fire, so can Robert Tanyan. That's my that is my sole argument for starting Robert Tanyan this week and go. having him as my upside. Anthony Ferkser is the third string blocking tight end for the Tennessee Titans. He had eight catches for 127 yards and a touchdown. I mean, to be fair, the defense probably was like, "Dude, you're blocking. Why are we covering you?" <laughs> like, I, it, listen, listen. <laughs> probably, <just> probably. <laughs> But why? But why? It's like there's a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. Derrick Henry ripped for 200 yards. Yeah, and Ferkser still got his share. Like Tanya's going to eat. Aaron Jones is going to eat. Broke my heart for Johnny. Yeah, Green Bay. Oh, what could have been? Oh man. Yeah, that was a dagger. That was a big dagger. Green Bay is going to drop 60 on Houston this week. Um, No, no doubt in my mind. (laughs) This. Jake just got a little half chub going. Yeah. I, oh, it's I, well beyond half, my friend. <laughs> I I have in my notes also Rodgers is pissed and a pissed Aaron Rodgers is no fun to play against. Five hundred and five touchdowns. Let's just get it out there right now. And hey, two of them can go to Big Bob Tanyan. So there you go. Big Boom. Bob Tanyan. Three of them will go to Devontae. I thought Adams. it was Bobby Tanyan. That's what they harped on during the broadcast. It was Bobby Tanyan. <laughs> they don't speak for me, Josh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, a question from Cooter Doodle over on Periscope. She's asking, what are the thoughts or what are our thoughts on the Saints-Panthers game? She says she's excited to see Teddy back in the Dome, and I believe it was either one of you guys said it was a Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater revenge, right. game. revenge game because he was the backup, and they they passed it over him. He was 5-0 for them last year. Yes, they passed over him for the elite Taysom Hill. Um, oh, and don't forget Jameis Winston. The, elite, the 30 for 30 himself. The elite Jameis Winston, who I believe is, I think he's younger than Teddy, because I think Teddy came out before him. Teddy, but, I think, is 27. Winston's 26. Okay. And then Taysom Hill is 30. <laughs> I, I'm, I've never thrown a t- passing touchdown either, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, who, who intercepted Peyton Manning to win that Super Bowl for the Saints? <laughs> Because oh, Sean Payton uh, doesn't deserve a Super Bowl championship. He re- he really isn't a good head coach. Like he 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 can't win in crunch time. He's All been it, like they've had the best team in the NFC probably the last three years, and sure. have done nothing with that. I, exactly. You you've had arguably the best receiver in the league in Michael Thomas, one of the best all around weapons in Alvin Kamara. A, a solid front seven and solid secondary. And you're blaming. Uh, first off, the refs did blow that call. 
But you had not scored in the red zone that entire game. What made you think you were scoring a touchdown? Uh, going back to Stefan Diggs miracle. Let's not yes. forget the Stefan Diggs, Diggs miracle. Dude, that Fun. oh my god, that's the worst one. Just push him out of bounds. What are you doing? <laughs> my my favorite going back to the Taysom Hill thing. My favorite stat that came out was right when Jameis signed. Jameis had already thrown more touchdowns to Saints than Taysom Hill had. Yes, that was great. <laughs> that was great. That was amazing. The yeah. stuff that reporters dig up, I love yeah. it. <laughs> it's so petty, but so wonderful. It's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Do, do you know in Sleeper, I believe, you can start Taysom Hill as a tight end? Yeah. You can in ESPN, too. ESPN I say, actually I think, classifies him as Why? Yeah. I think he is on FanDuel as well. <laughs> Just why? Oh, it's so stupid. I mean, to be fair, he doesn't really pass the ball as much as listen, a listen. quarterback should. Listen, I, I, be, be honest with me. If Taysom Hill wasn't listed as a quarterback on the depth chart, how impressive would he be? He's not impressive as a tight end say. either. That's, not impressive that, this, at this all. This is my point. Everyone is fascinated with Taysom Hill because Sean Payton, you guys sipped at the exact same time, and that was weird. Um, like we planned it. Yeah, it was Seriously. weird. Um, but they they use Taysom Hill less as a quarterback, and they list him as a quarterback, and that's why everyone was fascinated. Oh, my God, how is this quarterback doing all these things? Guys, he's not a quarterback. He's a guy that barely made the roster as a special teams player. Yep. But he just happened to play quarterback at BYU. It, yeah, it, yeah, so stupid. I th- hey, he know. got paid, though. <laughs> yeah. Good for him. Look, that's take, an expensive tight end. Let me tell you. Yeah, Taysom Hill's making a living. Good, good for Taysom yeah. Hill. More like Paysom Hill. Am I right? Uh-huh. Am I right? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, dad jokes. Um, all right, another question over from Sarah on uh, Facebook. This is actually uh, this is actually an interesting one because I believe. I've, I think Josh, you have him as an upside. In your I account? have both of these guys as plays. As plays, yeah, that's yeah. why it's interesting. So, David Johnson or DeAndre Swift in a half point. So she has Chris Carson, who she feels is oh, yeah, a must start. I, I think we all agree on that. Um, I'll go to Josh last here. Ryan, I'll start with you. I'm just checking. I don't even remember what I have David Johnson doing this week. Eileen Swift. I'm, I'm big on Swift right now, so I would go to DeAndre Swift. Okay, Jake. I'm actually looking up to see who Houston plays this week. I don't even know uh, who they Green play. Bay. The Packers against Green Bay. Oh, that's right. Oh, God. Fire up David Johnson. <laughs> Come on. Our run defense is I... awful. It's patently awful. We, we need to have Jake on more because he's a, he's a self-loathing Packers fan whenever they do horribly, knowing that they're a good team, and I'm a self-loathing Patriots fan when they do horribly, knowing that they're coached by the greatest coach of all time. I have but, to say it know, now so that I can give them the motivation to go out and do well right. this Sunday. That's how Bulletin that works. board material. They're listening yeah. right now, and they yeah. said, Jake is saying that David Johnson is going to get 200 yards and six touchdowns on us. <laughs> no way. Let's hold him to 103. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you cut it in half. That's, that's a start. Uh, Josh, to you, DeAndre Swift or uh, David Johnson? So... <clears throat> for me, this boils down to snap share, right? And David Johnson is going to see the field more. I, right now, Swift is in an even split with um, Adrian Peterson in terms of just like touches. Like we saw what they both did last week and Swift blew Adrian Peterson out of the water. 
I don't know if that's going to continue. I would like to think it does. But the fact that they're still working in on Johnson and they're still working in Adrian Peterson, that caps the swift upside for me. David Johnson, even with Duke Johnson, is still seeing about 70% of the snaps. The last two weeks without Bill O'Brien, David Johnson is only RB16. Like, it's not been great. And he's faced the Jaguars and the Titans, who Titans are kind of middle of the road in points against for running backs. Jaguars are fifth most. Of the four big running backs that the Packers have faced, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Todd Gurley, Ronald Jones, each of them have has scored two touchdowns apiece against the Packers. Like, if there's ever a week that David Johnson breaks out, it's this week. So I would go David Johnson. I do want to add Sorry, in that Dick. in that Jacksonville oh, game, <laughs> in in that Jacksonville game, he had 96 yards. He just couldn't find the end zone. So like he was producing on the ground from a football standpoint, but 96 yards in fantasy, you're four shy of 100, which in most leagues gets you bonus points. So he's sitting there at 9.6 points, no touchdown. That's where the downside is with, uh, or that's why David Johnson just didn't do as hot against Jacksonville as a football game. As a football player, Johnson played well against Jacksonville. As a fantasy football player, didn't show up in the score sheet. All right, one from uh, Sean again over on YouTube. It's a two QB league. He has Roethlisberger and Minshew, uh, but Minshew's on a bye next week. He says the only two quarterbacks available are Sam Darnold, who is in Kansas City. And Daniel Jones, who plays Tampa Bay, he is asking who we would rather. We'll go around the room very quick here. Would you rather uh, Sam Darnold in Kansas City or Daniel Jones? I don't know if it's in Tampa Bay or home against Tampa Bay. Um, but It's against way, Tampa Bay and it ain't great. So, so he, he's leaning Darnold. Josh Darnold? Yeah. I mean, I don't think either is great, but I think Darnold probably has more upside because you're definitely going to have to throw to keep up with Kansas City. And I think his rushing ability as well. I mean, Daniel Jones has the rushing ability, but I like um, Darnold a bit better. Dude, Tampa Bay just made Aaron Rodgers look like Daniel Jones. So, like, I would not want to go with that matchup. So if they made Aaron Rodgers look like Daniel Jones... It might make Daniel Jones look like Sam Darnold. And then if Nathan Peterman comes back into the league and plays the Bucks, is he gonna look Jamarcus no, Russell? That's no. how low we can go. Ready? Hold on, quick, quick, uh, quick around the room. Who would you rather have to start your franchise uh coming out of the draft when they were drafted? Jamarcus Russell or Nathan Peterman? Ryan. Oof. Russell. Uh, okay, Russell. Okay, Jake. Death. Give me death. <laughs> okay, death. Uh Josh. Uh, build another coffin next to Jake. I'll, I'll win that one. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll take Nathan Peterman because he'll sell tickets. So GM moves, baby. There you go. There you go. GM. Um, yeah, no, I would probably also choose death. Um, so Ryan, you're all alone. Congratulations, you have. <laughs> Me and Jamarcus your... will have a happy no, life. Come on, I think Ryan probably answered your question more accurately, buddy. Yeah, no, I mean, I. I will say kudos for looking that far ahead. Not a lot of fantasy managers do that. Yeah. So. Sean, they, they're, both, you, they're both bad quarterbacks with bad matchups. Go with Sam Darnold. Just higher My upside. only question would be, is it 2QB or is it Superflex? I know you wrote 2QB. 
if it's not two QB, start a wide receiver and just, yeah, just move start on. <laughs> so. Yep, agreed. Uh, K. Ellis talks also over on YouTube says uh, PPR. They're three and three, um, six and tenth, six through tenth. I assume are tied with. I don't know what that means. Um, six someone, through ten are all tied with third put. Wait, yeah, I see what right? you're saying. That's that's my assumption. But anyways. So, so what I'm getting at is it's a very competitive league that a lot yeah, of Yeah, let's just go with yes, that. I believe so, yes. Um, so it, teams look into Sean Watson, DJ Moore, DJ Chark, Allen Robinson, Robert Woods, AJ Brown, um Tim Patrick, Patrick, I assume Tim Patrick, Dalvin Cook, um Derek Henry, I'll go there. Um Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders, Joe Mixon. How do you have those running backs? Philip Lindsay, Alexander Madison, and Mark Andrews. Would you trade DJ Moore and Robert Woods for DJ Chark? And no, no, no. no Woods, Woods or, or Chark. Oh, Woods or Chark for Calvin Ridley. Um, I would have zero issue acquiring Calvin Ridley. Yeah, I, yeah, would, I would rather I not would... give up Robert Woods. Yeah, I mean, if you I can get, if you can get Ridley for DJ Moore and DJ, DJ Chark, Chark. Yeah, yeah, I would do that. Go DJ. Yeah, I would definitely do that. Yep. Trade, trade the disc jockeys, get a Calvin. Um, yeah, that's that's a room consensus right there. Uh, if you can do that, that's definitely a big move. Calvin Ridley um, definitely showing that his his ADP preseason was definitely worth it, and he's very much outplaying it because he was in the yeah. high teens, I believe. It's funny uh, that preseason. coming into the season, we were having basically the same conversation about Jay Moore and Calvin Ridley, and one yep. has really proven us right, and the other has really proven us right. <laughs> 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 because we thought Ridley would outperform, and this show did not think DJ Moore would outperform. <laughs> so, Correct. Um, all right. Shout so, out to Aaron Larson. He definitely put yeah. up a good fight on the DJ Moore front. So. Yes, yep. he did. He's admitting um, defeat for the most part, too. So I mean, I mean, it's still it, look. We're, we're still about a third of the way through the season, give or take. So so look, there's still time. And the no, last couple of weeks, he's but he is not a top better. ten wide receiver. I think no, because he, he doesn't have touchdown upside. Yep. So in in Josh, I'll, I'll once once I read my last downside, I'll I'll bring up if we want to take a take an early victory lap on a, one of our friends at the fantasy footballers. Um, all right, on to our downsides here. Jake, this is a tougher one. Samantha was 3-1 and one last week, so got to show out this week. Big shoes, man. Yeah, and your downside starting bold with it. Ryan Tannehill, home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. James Robinson in Los Angeles against the Chargers. Cooper Cup, home against the Chicago Bears on Monday night. And Darren Waller, home against Tampa Bay on Sunday night. Just so everyone knows as well, just so I can reiterate it, uh, how this goes, upside, downside, for your upsides, quarterback has to finish top 15, running back top 24, receiver top 36, and if a tight end scores double-digit points, we count it as a win. Obviously, if they do the opposite of that, it's a downside. So <laughs> th- that there's how you do that. Ryan also boasting a 3-1 record last week. You have Jared Goff home against the Bears. Jarek McKinnon, I believe that is in New England. Um, yes. Allen Robinson. In Los Angeles. Wow, we really hate this Bears Rams game. Yeah, I, I noticed that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, watch it be like a 9 6 game. Yeah. And then George Kittle, the big fish right there going up against New England. I, I second that opinion. I give you all the credit in my little write up I did for it as well. I said, oh, Joe told you. me they stop your weapon and they held Kelsey, they held Waller, they're going to hold Kittle. 
Yep, especially with no Raheem Mostert in the backfield, all eyes are going to be on George Kittle. <clears throat> they already uh, are, but yeah. we'll get into that. <laughs> Josh, last week you were two and two, better on the downsides overall as well. Twelve, ten, and two overall. You have Derek Carr home against Tampa, Devonta Freeman in Philly on Thursday night, Tim Patrick home against the Chiefs, and Richard Rogers, who I had no clue he was still on a football team until you listed him. Uh, he is the Philadelphia Eagles starting tight end this week with Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard being out. Until Myself, tomorrow, Dallas Goddard rides like the Undertaker. Yes. God, if only. <laughs> so, myself, I was 1-3 last week. So, I'm right with what I say. They just don't finish outside of their respective positions. <laughs> I said Aaron Jones was going to have a pedestrian week. <laughs> And he had a pedestrian Dude, every week. running back outside the top four had a pedestrian week. Yeah. No, but I mean, Aaron Jones was, he barely cracked the top 20. Um, but again, top 24 counts as a <laughs> loss when you're looking at your downsides. So uh, I am 715 and two overall. I'm just happy I'm not jinxing receivers anymore. Knock on wood. That's, that's, what, I, that's what I'm happy about. Uh, I, my downside, we already said it earlier, quarterback Gardner Minshew against the Chargers traveling cross country. I am doubling down on the Tampa Bay defense and putting Josh Jacobs as a downside. Ooh. Um, I will tell you why. DK Metcalf against the Arizona Cardinals. Again, bold this week, bold. Joe. These are all bold. I am going to tell you Enjoy why. Enjoy 0-4. <laughs> well, I'm going to Joe, we can start. ruminate about this on Twitter later. It'll be fine. <laughs> we'll both be 0-8 and, and just holding hands. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um... And then Tyler Higby against okay, the no, Chicago you'll, you'll Bears. Um, so you'll be one in three. <laughs> <laughs> so Josh, I am I'm giving you the opportunity to take a victory lap halfway through the season Ooh. because our buddy over at the Ballers, Mike the Fantasy Hitman, right? Mike the Fantasy Hitman, right? I refuse off- to take victory laps in the middle of the season. I won't do all it. in on Mr. Higby. I refuse to do it. I won't do it. But he's only had. I, well, and I did say that those would probably be the only touchdowns he would score. And I'm true so far. But again, like it's it. all it takes is one game. We, we've seen. Sure. So I'm, I'm going to keep my mouth shut and I'm just going to let it go. And then I'm going to be the most obnoxious person on Twitter afterwards. Yeah. He has never had a game this season outside of Philly. More than three receptions. So keep that in mind. <laughs> All right, so let me do my quick explanations here because I know I always go bold here with these picks. Um, I already talked what Aaron Jones did last week. 41 total yards and a single touchdown. That was Aaron Jones' saving grace. He was three for 26 through the year, so without the touchdown, he had 7.1 total fantasy points. So again, touchdown was his saving grace. Both Jamal Williams and A.J. Dillon had more rushing yards than Aaron Jones. I'm sure a lot of that came in garbage time. I stopped watching the game. But yeah, they, they sat him. But interestingly enough, I was looking at this in my snap counts for the ballers. He's only played 53 or 56% of the snaps this season. They just continue to use him that way. So you can blame the blowout, but it may not have been the blowout. Talking about snap percentages, Josh Jacobs has only seen 70 plus percent of the snaps. once. Dude, Joe, season. I saw your notes and I'm like, 
because you don't do that kind of stuff very often, man. So kudos. Because well, and here's I've I, never I, seen you digging a snap counts before. <laughs> here's the thing: I I looked at it on Sleeper. I think uh, Jake maybe frozen, might have lost him for a sec. Um, but I I looked at it because I have Jacobs in multiple leagues, and I sat there and I I sit there I watch Raiders games. They pop up on the red zone, and I see Devontae Booker in the backfield, and I see Jalen Richard in the backfield, and I'm like. Why isn't Josh Jacobson? Josh Jacobs is better. Is a better runner, is a better pass catcher, is a better open field runner, is a better short yardage runner than all the like. He's better all around. So it, it's really confusing. He's had five touchdowns on the season. They've only came in two games, and three of them were against Carolina, who allowed the most points to fantasy running yeah. backs. Yeah, and that was right when everybody was getting down on him too. Like it was like yes. a bounce back. So. Listen, if you could guarantee me Josh Jacobs sees 85% or more of the snaps, I would not put him here. But the fact that in games where they've played down or have played close back-to-back but have trailed most of the time, Josh Jacobs had 9 and 10 points respectively. I don't like Josh Jacobs this week. I think his touchdown upside is unbelievably low. And that that's what's going to save him this week is his touchdown. And I'm sorry, they're not utilizing him in the passing game like they should. I think they've had like one game where they really used him in the passing game. I say they're using him more than he did last year, though. So, I mean, there's something to that. No, I mean, mean, comparing to last year, it's definitely an uptick in what was happening. Jake, welcome back, my friend. Hello, sir. Um, But it's definitely an uptick in, you know, the passing game from what he had last year. But it's nothing like I think a lot of us may have expected from Josh Jacobs. Um, so that's that's why I have Jacobs as my downside. Metcalf. Yes, Seattle's coming off a bye week. It is going into Arizona. Division matchup. This is a big, pivotal game for both sides. right? Obviously, Seattle wants to stay undefeated. Arizona, if they beat the Seahawks, can really you know kind of push themselves. They've kind of been a pedestrian back-and-forth team the past few weeks, you know, maybe not playing as well against some teams as they should. If they beat Seattle, this is a big game for them. Amari Cooper did nothing when the game actually mattered against Patrick Peterson. Absolutely nothing. The only reason Amari Cooper ended as a top 12 guy this week was because it all came in the fourth quarter in garbage time. His touchdown came with three minutes left in the fourth quarter when they were losing 34-3 to at that point. In DK Metcalf last year, yes, I understand it was his rookie year. Wait, thirty-four to three, dude. The final score was thirty-eight to ten. I was, I'm sorry, it was thirty-eight to. It was thirty-eight to three at the time. Okay, Cooper I was like, wait touchdown. a second. <laughs> sorry, I thought it was thirty-four to three at the time Cooper caught his touchdown, but it was thirty-eight to three. Regardless, it was a freaking blowout. It was an absolute blowout. So Metcalf last year, he had five targets in total in two games against Arizona, and he had one catch. For six yards. Yes, I understand he was a rookie. That game where he had one target for no catches and no yards came in week 15 when DK Metcalf was a viable receiver and people were keying in on him. Patrick Peterson will be lined up on DK Metcalf. Yes, Stefan Gilmore did get burned once against DK Metcalf. Patrick Peterson has looked like the old Patrick Peterson people have expected him to be this year. He shut 
down Amari Cooper. And DK Metcalf is a better receiver than Amari Cooper. But I think Metcalf's touchdown upside is very, very low. And that's what's really going to push Metcalf over the edge. I think Metcalf probably sees four, three, three or four catches for 50 or 60 yards, but I don't think he sees a touchdown. And look, I in in one of my leagues, I'm having the tough decision of you know who to sit, who to start, and I'll bring that up on our Saturday show. So be sure to tune in for that one. I don't like DK Metcalf this week, and I understand if you're starting him. He he's a he's a top five fantasy receiver. You're probably playing him in your lineups. Don't expect him to have 20 plus points. That's all I'm saying. Said the same thing with Aaron Jones last week. Don't expect Aaron Jones to have an Aaron Jones type week. Do not expect DK Metcalf to have a DK Metcalf type week. Reactions, gents. I'm I'm good with the Jacobs. I I don't think DK is going to get slowed down. I don't think Russell Wilson's going to get slowed down. So I'm I'm not with you on that one. That's that, and that's completely fair. Yeah, I I'll lean more on Jacobs struggling just because we've seen it in other games. Yeah, quite a few. Um, I'll err on the side of maybe he's not top twelve this week in terms of DK. But I think he's still going to get his. Maybe he doesn't score a touchdown, but that doesn't mean he can't go four for one hundred. No, sure, no, and and, that, and that's the thing is he could have that one giant deep ball, that one catch for sixty yeah. yards. And keep in mind that's what we're shooting for with this top thirty-six. Yeah, so that's it's, what nine points. Like, yeah, no, it, yeah, he exactly. he's not going to be a guy that's only going to average nine, you know, yards per catch. Like that's just not his game. You know, he's getting 12, 13, 15 yards down the field. So yeah, you're almost banking on a big uh, pass interference type game where yeah. uh, Peterson just, which I mean, could very well happen, which could happen. Mean, yeah. because Peterson has the speed to be able to keep up with someone like DK. So if he can close the gap, like if Russell underthrows him and Peterson gets there and maybe just grabs an arm or something beforehand, sure. That could be the case, but I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think DK is DK right now is bordering on must start range. And I, I would not, I wouldn't even temper expectations to like below top 15 at this point. And that that's, that's why I have my bold pick of the week. I, I, I hit on Travis Kelsey. I'm hoping I can, I can hit on DK Metcalf here now getting into also just, just an update uh, guys on Jake. There was an internet outage in his area. Yeah. He's working Uh, on hooking his uh, laptop and everything up to his hotspot. So hopefully we can get him back here shortly. Yes, to explain, uh, looking forward to him explaining potentially um, the James Robinson deal, who has kind of been declining the last few weeks. Um, A couple questions here that we can get to as well. So Sam Joshi over on Do not make that trade. (laughs) Do you trade Justin Jefferson and Antonio Gibson for Mike Evans? That is a hard pass. No. And a hard pass from Josh and a hard pass from myself. You should be... Looking to move Mike Evans in any league which you have him that is a redraft league. You do not try to acquire him. Welcome back, Jack. Welcome back, buddy. Hopefully we got I'm you happy this to time. be Oh. Oh no. The kiss of death. Also, I do want to preface that I did say don't draft Mike Evans before the season. Just hopefully hopefully that trend continues. That he's not gonna, you know, continue to play well, but Brady's noodle alarm clearly is not faring in the favor of Mr. Michael Evans. Yeah, unless you only have to throw one yard touchdown. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> what does what does Evans have? Three of his touchdowns have came within two yards or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's and they're all they're all jump balls. I mean, I would also throw a jump ball to Mike Evans. He's a very Indeed. tall man. 
Um, another one over from uh, YouTube from Connor LaRose, Jimmy Graham or Rob Gronkowski. So we'll start there. It's a full point PPR. Jimmy Graham or Rob Gronkowski. Ryan, we'll kick it to you. I don't know off the top of my head how the Raiders do, but Jimmy Graham's on my stream of the week list. So Jimmy Graham. Okay. Uh, Josh. Say that again. I'm sorry. Uh, Jimmy Graham or Rob Gronkowski. Ugh. I guess Jimmy Graham, but I don't love either, honestly. So I'm sitting there. I, I kind of Gronk like is that. on my fade list this week, so probably dial him up. <laughs> That's kind of my, my thought process at this point. I, I, I don't think Vegas is great at covering tight ends. I think Gronkowski's good for a touchdown. Graham is probably matched up against John Johnson or Taylor Rapp. Hot and cold, honestly. Rap Rap fills the box and is a hard hitter. I don't really know how well he is in coverage. Um, Vegas has been great against the tight end, except when it was Travis Kelsey. So it just depends on which Gronk you think they're going to show. And that's the, I would. I think Jimmy Graham is the safer play because you know how he's used in that offense. In my yeah, opinion. they gave up two catches for 16 yards to Ian Thomas. Trash. Two catches for 13 yards and a touchdown to Jared Cook. Nothing to the Patriots, nothing to the Bills, and then Travis Kelsey just went bananas for a buck eight and a touchdown. So the Bills and the Patriots don't utilize tight ends. So I will add that in there. Um, I, I There was something that a local um, radio host in Boston on the Sports Hub had posted. Devin, is it Asi Asi? Is that how you pronounce his last yeah, name? Yeah, I, I believe so. There, he put a few screenshots up of that last fourth quarter drive. Asiasi, there was no one within ten yards of him in the yeah. flat. They just won't throw. Didn't him. throw him the football. Yep. I don't. I don't know if it's a personal disagreement. Last time I looked, they are averaging two targets per game to their tight end, yep. and it's Ryan, mostly been Ryan Izzo. Ryan Izzo had two catches and he fumbled one of them. I love our tight end situation. Hooray! Um, but yeah, Jimmy Graham and then uh, Tom Brady, Big Ben, or Derek Carr in a full uh, – well, it doesn't matter, full-point PPR. None of them are catching a pass. <laughs> uh, Ryan, to you, Brady, Big Ben, or Carr? I I can't bench Big Ben at any point right now. He's just playing out of his mind, and Chase Claypool's playing out of his mind, and I'm not benching Big Ben. Tennessee's hot and cold. you got to hope you catch him on their cold week. I'll go Big Ben. Josh? Yeah, I think I would lean Big Ben, I, even though the matchup points to Brady. Okay. A couple more from Sean. Standard League, James Robinson or Joe Mixon. The Bengals are at home against Cleveland this week. Ryan. Oh, I don't know. Uh. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you this, Sean. Jake has James Robinson as his downside. Yeah, I don't I don't love it for him either. I guess I'd go Mixon. That's a take your medicine type right there. I Gosh. would lean Mixon just from a how they've been using him lately. He's been popping up on the injury report of late, though, so maybe just monitor that. Um, but I, I would lean Mixon. Who has Mixon. Who? Mixon's been popping up on the injury report. Who has a higher touchdown upside? Because this is standard, right? It's not like James Robinson's going to catch some dump-off passes and garbage time. So who has the higher touchdown upside, in your opinion? I I would I would lean James Robinson because he's the only back in that backfield. Whereas we saw Giovanni Bernard take a like a goal line carry. Yeah, I think I'd still lean Mixon. I don't know what the Browns I, have given I'm, up. I'm looking it up right now. I'm also gonna lean Mixon. Browns are middle of the pack 
Um, Chargers are also well. They're at twenty-two. Browns are at eighteen. So technically, it's easier to run on the Browns. Not by much, but it is. Yeah, yeah technically. <laughs> I think the big thing is the Chargers have given up one rushing touchdown. I think this entire season and. The Browns give up about one a game, so I would lean Mixon. Yeah, the the explosion from Jerry Tillery in year two and then the addition of Kenneth Murray from the draft this year from Oklahoma has really shored up that front seven for them. Um, yeah, actually, they I, I thought they allowed one. They didn't. The Chargers are yet to allow a rushing touchdown to a running back. Interesting. Have they allowed one to a quarterback i don't know if you know the stat i can find it in a couple seconds you just keep talking i will keep talking that's my specialty <laughs> um all right the the biggest one that i want to get to here because uh, also because ryan shouted me out in whatever article he wrote in uh george kittle um i talked about it i had travis kelsey it was two or three weeks back now um three catches 70 yards one of them was a very long uh catch and run which obviously hurt what my stance was but i say it all the time belichick is going to take away your best weapon and you may ask why wasn't anyone on denver shut down who's the best weapon on denver give, exactly. me, give me someone who's their best weapon they were probably game planning for melvin gordon and he was out they were probably game planning for kittle because belichick came out right after that game and was already talking about how kittle's the best tight end he's ever seen play or whatever or one of the best whatever he said the fact that belichick talked about kittle that quickly was what made me think of you joe i'm like oh his mind is on kittle kittle is done um they've allowed two rushing touchdowns to the quarterbacks chargers have burrow snuck one in and Bree snuck one in oh yeah burrow week one Yep, that was his first career touchdown. Yeah, Burrow wasn't a sneak. He ran the hell out of that ball. So. <laughs> yeah, and that, w- that was fantastic. But, you know, I mean, you're 100 I didn't listen to the post game um, for Belichick. I don't know if it was post game. I didn't listen to it either. I just, it was an immediate quote on Monday where Belichick talked up Kittle immediately. And I'm talking immediately. And I'm like, okay, clearly Kittle's on his mind. And if Kittle's on his mind on Monday, Kittle's on his mind on Sunday, and they're. I mean, we've all we've all harped on it. Like that entire San Francisco offense runs through George Kittle. Yeah. Everything else is secondary. Yep, and that's going to be the guy that that Belichick should focus on stopping because if you can take Kittle out of the game, that forces Jimmy G to make plays, and anytime you can do that, you have a chance to win the ball game. And Belichick knows that as well <laughs> so. yeah, exactly he's got first-hand knowledge on that one <laughs> and he, here's here's the thing too belichick immediately talking about his upcoming opponent after losing tells me the patriots are supposed to be on a bye week this past week yep but the bye week got pushed last minute to week five because of the covid positive test with stefan gilmore and a couple other players so my assumption, just based off that, is Belichick had game planned for the Broncos in, in week five. He then said, guys, remember this game plan? We're already game planning for yeah. the San Francisco 49ers in week six and week seven. Because he would have had two weeks to game plan right now. So, uh, look, it, it, he is going to make Garoppolo's life a living hell. There is no one on this planet that knows that quarterback better than Bill Belichick. Yep. And also, he wants to prove everyone right 
that he that, made the right that choice. That he by made him. the yep. right decision. I guarantee you, you see more blitzes dialed up. You see more runs, uh, more blitzes right up the gut. You see corner blitzes. You see Adrian Phillips, you know, shadow George Kittle one play and blitz off the edge the next. There's going to be so much being thrown at Garoppolo, he is not going to know what's hitting him. That is going to be a tough game for San Francisco, in my opinion. I am uber excited for it because I want Garoppolo to play horribly, so badly. Um, I have an update real quick on Jake. Uh, The internet just is not working, Um, but he said that he's going to rejoin us on Saturday for our start sit different day show. Nice. So uh, faith, if you're out there listening and you can find a way to host, I know you love Jake. So come on down. There yes, you go. there is uh there'll be more uh, free balling for Jake to do. Cause we don't have a script. There's there there's you no, go. There's there no show Improv besides, right up Jake's alley. So. Yes. Besides your questions, so that's Saturday at 11 AM Eastern guys. Uh, it's basically everywhere you're watching. Now, if you're over on Twitch though, you got to go over to YouTube, Periscope, Facebook live or Twitter. Um, okay. Now let's get into Ryan's stream of the week here as we come up on the 70-minute mark. Ryan, you got Mr. Teddy Two Gloves in his dome return. I mean, we talked about it. It's revenge game. Yeah, that's pretty much what I put. I put I'm pretty sure there's no animosity on either side, but no. it's a fun narrative. So why the hell aren't we gonna say it? I mean <laughs> I, I think you look oh. at it if if you're on Teddy, you're just like, I, I wanna show them that they chose the wrong future. I, yeah. I think from Teddy. Oh, absolutely. Standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, if he... you look how Teddy looks at it, they essentially chose Jameis Winston over you. So, um, yeah. So I, I what's that? Yeah. No, I was going to actually well, not yeah. even Jameis really. Cause they signed Jameis. Taysom Hill. <laughs> they chose they, Taysom Hill they chose because Taysom again, Hill. they're paying Taysom Hill $16 million this year. Teddy Bridgewater signed three years. I believe it was 66 million. So yeah, I mean, $7 million, that is a bit of a difference in a longer term deal. But if you're putting like a, like, what was it? A first round tender they gave Taysom yeah, Hill? Yeah, they put a first one. They yeah. believe that he can be the guy for them. They said that's it. literally crap. said. I'm sorry. That is a franchise. So. Yeah, that's some bullshit. Let's be real here. Yeah, I almost went Gardner Minshew, but as you'll see later, I didn't want my stream of the week quarterback competing with my stream of the week defense. It just, I, I think Gardner, we had already talked about this. It's funny. You guys hit on a lot of my points that I think Gardner is going to make all of his points up in garbage time, but how bad is he going to be in those first three quarters? But with Bridgewater, he's coming off of a down week, so he's available in quite a few leagues. Um, but Chicago is one of the best teams in the league against fantasy quarterbacks, whereas New Orleans is giving up the fourth most points to fantasy quarterbacks. Um, I think you're going to see both wide receivers have a big day. And if they decide to throw the ball to Ian Thomas or maybe that Chris Mann hurts, uh, tight ends are great against New Orleans. I'm I wouldn't not on falling that. for that trap. Exactly. I recommended Ian Thomas before, and he went goose egg. Yeah, Yep, but Mike Davis will make up for that. Um, so yeah. Bridgewater's available in 55% of Yahoo leagues and 67% on ESPN. Joe, I'm sure you remember last year when it was start your tight ends against Arizona, and I recommended Tyler Eifert, and you ripped yeah. me a new one. He ended up with like two catches. So. Yeah, I, I told you. You can start all your tight ends against Arizona besides Tyler Eifert. Yeah. Like, that's just, you don't you do not do that. Yeah, and um, so take a lesson. Right now, Carolina is not utilizing the tight end position. Nope, so. and that's why none of them appear on my DFS report or stream of the yep. week list. Correct. <laughs> so. Uh, tight end Logan Thomas. 
We're yeah, hoping. making an, another return. Um, basically, I think he was I, on. A, he was either my fade list or my downside last week. Just of course, because that's just how that happens. Well, right? I say, and then he he kind of I don't want to say had a uh, popped off, but he had a good game finally. Um, I'd feel a lot better if he didn't pop up with the questionable tag today and miss practice. I haven't dug deep into the injury, so keep an eye on that one. Um, but he scored his first TD of the season last week. Uh, caught three balls for forty two yards. It just so happens that Dallas, on average, gives up four catches for forty seven yards. So if he can just do what Dallas allows and do what he did last week and throw a touchdown in there, he's going to be a top 10 play. Uh, he was top uh, T nine last week um, available in 80% of leagues in both Yahoo and ESPN. So he's out there for everybody who needs to stream, but monitor the questionable tag. Uh, my number two guy is Tyler Eifert. It's funny that we brought him up. Um, I think he could be a recipient of one of those garbage time touchdowns, but I would lean Logan Thomas until we know more about that injury in the chargers defense. Yeah, I mean, this it's just Gardner Minshew's going to make mistakes. Um, he's going to score points, but they're all going to be in the fourth quarter. Chargers had two sacks and an interception in game in week five against the Saints. I think it's fair to say the Saints have a better offense than Jacksonville. Plus, they've had that extra week to prep for this home game um, with uh, having a week six bye. The biggest thing, and we've kind of touched on this, is I think Justin Herbert's going to go off and it's going to put the Jaguars' offense into tough positions this entire game. The Jags are allowing three sacks and uh, averaging one turnover a game. That alone should be enough to keep Chargers in a top 10 play. They're available in 53% on Yahoo, but a whole 75% on ESPN. So there's a lot out there where you can grab them on ESPN. Nice. Before I get into my kicker of the week and my blurred lines pick, and then we'll wrap up, I want to answer this question from Karn over on YouTube. It says, hey, guys, had a quick question. Who should you put in the flex? Travis Fulgham, Debo Samuel, Mike Williams, or Juju Smith-Schuster? To me, it is between Fulgham and Mike Williams. Um, if if I did it, if my average Joe picks didn't drop on a Friday, I would have had Travis Fulgham as my upside receiver. But the guy that was right behind him for me was Mike Williams. Um, I will go if it's PPR. I'd lean Fulgham. Uh, if it's standard, I think you go with a touchdown upside with Mike Williams. I think, I think with Williams, it's going to be very dependent on whether Keenan Allen plays. If Keenan Allen, and that's the problem, is that Fulgham plays Thursday. So if you plan to play Fulgham, you need to put him in your wide receiver spot, not your flex Atta spot. Boy. So that can be a big deterrent there as well. We've kind of touched on Fulgham a little bit, at least from my point of view, and seeing more of James Bradbury potentially. I do like Mike Williams' upside regardless of whether Allen plays, but if Allen misses this game, Mike Williams is going to absolutely eat. Absolutely. So I'm going to partially lean Williams. Yeah, I'm not benching any Chargers this week. Mike Williams. Okay, there's your answer. All right, getting into now the kicker of the week. Five and one, freaking Dustin Hopkins. <laughs> that football perfect, team, man. Ruining the perfect streak. If he makes that one field goal, he's there. It's tough. Um, all right. I mean, how do I not pick Brandon McManus? How do I not, right? Right? Yeah, because he's not going to score 20 fantasy points in consecutive weeks. The, the guy the last two weeks, 18 points, 24 points. His last two games, he has combined for 42 fantasy points. Yeah. That's ridiculous. 
Like that that's absurd for a kicker. And look, I'm not saying that's going to happen again, but they're playing Kansas City. They're probably not going to put it in the end zone a good amount of times, but they're going to be plenty in field goal range or at least in Brendan McManus range because that's in Denver. If they're anywhere over midfield, that is McManus field goal range. Easily McManus field goal range. And a lot of leagues give you the bonuses for over 40 and over 50, so that's going to help everything out there too. Yes. I Look, I don't expect McManus to score like a wide receiver, but McManus should be a top 10 guy this week. All right, and then my Blurred's line pick. Man, I really I really wish I knew that Bill Belichick was planning for the 49ers and not for the Broncos. 2-3-1, um, and one, missed on that uh, Patriots line last week. Went through all the lines this week twice because <laughs> all of them I agreed with mostly. The only one I didn't agree with was the Washington football team in a pick em at home against Dallas. There isn't even a line for this. It is a pick em. I listen. You're, so you're picking Washington to beat Dallas because it's it's plus point five. They have to win or tie. So if they tie, you obviously win money because it's plus point five. Or they have to win. So really, you know, ninety nine point nine percent of the time in a in a you know point five situation, you're picking the team to win, regardless of the side. So yes, I am picking the Washington football team to win, and here's my reasoning why. Uh, I want to preface this with I wrote down six I hate it's in a row on the show doc. I hate it. 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 Um, but this was the best line I could find. Remember, these all go against the analytics. All these pick go against the analytics. So according to Pro Football Focus, the teams that I pick have a less than 50% chance, according to their analytics, of covering. So they think Dallas essentially is going to win this game. It's not by much, but they think Dallas is going to win this game. When two bad football teams play each other, which one normally wins out? It's I know you want one. us to say the home team, but is there really a home field advantage anymore? No, no, no. Right? And, and, and look, home field, definitely. But look at the Jets and the Giants. I'm sorry, the Jets and the Broncos on Thursday night a few weeks ago. That was Brett Rippon, a third-string quarterback, mm-hmm. going up against the Jets. That's all uh, I have to say there. The better defense. The better defense and the better coaching. That's normally what wins bad football games. Ron Rivera, I don't think anybody is going to disagree as a better head coach yeah. than Mike McCarthy. And the Washington's defense could run circles around Dallas's defense. We saw Arizona lost Chandler Jones, and they were all over Andy Dalton last week, all over him. Dallas's offensive line is shot. Zach Martin had to come off the field last week, so he's not 100%. You have, is Chase Young back? I believe yes. so. Yeah, you he's have played. Chase Young, Ryan Kerrigan, um, De'Aaron Payne. Um, Jonathan Allen. Jonathan Allen, John Bostick rushing the passer. Oh, and Washington's not afraid to blitz either. Andy Dalton is going to have a nightmare scenario. The saving grace for Dallas is going to be Zeke on the ground. But wow, has he looked pedestrian on the football field this year. He has not looked good whatsoever. What is with the fumbles for the love of God? Really shocking. (laughs) That's like, 
that that's a, to me he's checked out like that that to me he's checked out like that that's just simple like do you care enough to protect the football and clearly he doesn't i if if i'm mccarthy i run pollard more this week so, so what's like, interesting is he had a fumble problem not that long ago and i know this because when everybody was wanting to slam chris carson I wanted to make an argument for Chris Carson and I never end up writing the article, but the whole point was like, we never went after Zeke when he fumbled five times as a rookie six times in 2018. He's at five already this year with four lost. And I just want you to think while you're saying he's having a downtime, he's looking pedestrian. Nobody is going at his throat. Like they went at Chris Carson's throat last year. Like yeah. it's, we're giving him a pass and I just don't know that he deserves it right now. Zeke has had five fumbles through six games and lost four of them. Yeah, that's, that's not good. So Dallas's offensive line is bad. Washington's D line is better. Dallas has by far the superior weapons on offense, but it's the fact that Andy Dalton's not going to even remotely have the time to get them the football in uh, that division is horrid. Yeah, absolutely horrid. Like, well, let, let's, I think Josh let, called him the NFC least last week, NFC which least. I thoroughly enjoy. Let's, Josh, Josh, <laughs> let let's play this game here. What's the, what's the Eagles' record? They're one four, one, and four one one. Let's say the Giants win this. Let's just say the Giants and Washington win this week. There are three teams in that division tied for first place with two wins. With at two and five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two and five. Actually, technically. Because no, because then Philly would fall. Yeah, Philly still only has one. Yeah, because they wouldn't wouldn't be it. It's a three-way tie for first place at two and five. Didn't this happen in the West a few years ago, where a sub five hundred team got got in or almost got in? Yeah, Seahawks got in at seven and nine, and that was the birth of beast mode against the Saints in the playoffs. That's right. Okay. Yeah, too too bad beast beast mode isn't here to bail out any of these teams. But like, just literally, let's play that game. Philly loses and, and Dallas loses. Three-way tie at two and five in this division. <laughs> so when I did um, on my appearance last week with Sports Caffeine and, and Kristen and Taylor, um, th- this question came up because Taylor's a Cowboys fan. I'm obviously an Eagles fan, and they were like, who wins? So I, I was literally going through all the schedules for each of the teams. And I had I had Washington and New York at three wins apiece. So basically finishing three and 13. And I had Philly and Dallas each at seven wins. So Philly ultimately wins because based on that tie. Yeah. So they win by a half a game. Uh, I think the, I don't know if it was CBS Sports or ESPN, uh, or maybe it was Football Outsiders, but one of those uh, networks, they, they put up a graphic saying that they predict that the Eagles will win the NFC East at six, nine, and one. And I said, I mean, I'm not too far off. I have a seven, eight, and one. So I'm yeah. like, hey, whatever. Well, here's the thing. I mean, at this point, like the way that Dallas looked last week with Dalton, and then now all the rumors coming out that like the players don't even have any faith in the coaching staff. I how can we honestly see them winning more than four or five games this year? I mean, they have the talent on offense to do so, but that defense is god awful, and their defensive coordinator hasn't been in the league in like four years. In in recent memory, let's just go, you know, since the start of the of the century. Has there been a if if this season continues the way it has for Dallas, has there been a bigger 
waste of talent on any professional sports team than the Dallas Cowboys of 2020. Look uh, at that team. With the QB injury now, it's hard to say, though. Sure, and, and that, that's definitely a fair point. You still have a quarterback who started the last eight, nine seasons in the NFL. And it's not like they look great with Dak. They look great for fantasy purposes, yeah. but for yes. football purposes. So, they, No, yeah, I, I think it really comes down to is McCarthy was carried by Rodgers. I don't think we all wanted to buy into that. He's not as good as we thought he was. I mean, Garrett was. I mean, none of us too. really thought he was that. Yeah, good. I mean, we was, could, yo, who, yeah. who was? He's who not was, as good as his praise was. So. Sure. Yeah. No. From from the general media, I agree. Everyone thought that was an incredible sight. I believe Ross Tucker from the NFL Network had tweeted out as like, "Imagine thinking that Mike McCarthy was an upgrade from Jason Garrett." Yeah. Hey, that Giants offense. I, I know they're looking bad, but come on, how can you have an uber athletic tight end like Evan Ingram and treat him like Jason Witten? That's mm-hmm. bad coaching, bad scheming, bad play calling. Because you've had Jason Witten for the last. Still, you you have to learn to, to adjust on the floor. guys. Yeah, yeah. You cannot fit square pegs in round holes. Yeah, you adjust. Yeah, I mean, Garrett's an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's true. He is. I, I mean, we're just seeing a lot of people exposed because I was trying to give Garrett a lot of credit for Dak and Tony Romo, but Dak and Tony Romo kind of did it themselves to where I really thought Daniel Jones was going to turn a page. And I don't know if you can blame the COVID offseason, but Daniel Jones has certainly turned no pages. If he did, he went backwards. <laughs> so. yep. It was on page 10. Began. It was like, oh, I forgot what I was doing. Started mm-hmm. back on page one now. So, but yeah, we're seeing McCarthy exposed. We're seeing Garrett exposed, which is just hilarious because it's all in this terrible, terrible division. And it's it's essentially Jason Garrett's the biggest clown at the circus, and Mike McCarthy's running the whole thing. Yeah, the like, one year we could legitimately get a high draft pick, we're gonna screw it up and win the division. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, literally. All right, real quick, let's get to this question from Michael over on Facebook because I Go know ahead. he's uh, kind of been waiting patiently. Um, Keep keep riding with Minshew or pick up Joe Burrow, Jimmy G, or Sam Darnold. He missed the mark on drafting a quarterback this year. Get, get Burrow. I would absolutely consistent. go grab Burrow. Yeah. Burrow is more consistent. He right now leads the NFL in pass attempts, and I don't see that slowing down very much. I think he'll probably finish in the top five in pass attempts. He's going to keep running for his life, and he's going to have some down games. He's going to throw some interceptions, but he's also going to throw some 300-yard games. So Just I, I would here. definitely uh, – Burrow has scored at least one touchdown in every game outside of the Baltimore game, and he threw 61 times against the Cleveland Browns, who he plays this week. Yep. 61 times. It's not going to happen again, but he'll probably throw 45, maybe 50 times this week against Cleveland. Yeah. There's definitely more passing upside, I think, with Burrow. Minshew, like like we've mentioned really throughout the show, he's been very mediocre. But he's still been a top like fifteen guy. Uh, Burrow, I think, <clears> is a little bit more electric. You're going to get a lot more mistakes, but Minshew's been having those same mistakes too. <laughs> Burrow, I think, both of them have rushing upside, but I think Burrow has the rushing TD upside that Minshew doesn't. So I think, yeah, I, I mean, Burrow that that side. Minshew is that guy who you're depending on garbage time, and if they manage to play defense, or if he fails in garbage time, you're stuck with negative three to positive six points and that's not what you want so exactly and quickly the last question before we wrap up the show here from jacob over on youtube 
Do you start Boston Scott or Antonio Gibson in a non PPR, Josh? Non PPR, I think at this point I would probably go Boston Scott because he's they're going to treat him like the lead back, even though I don't think they should. God, I don't like either matchup, honestly. I, say, I was all ready to say Antonio Gibson, but I missed non PPR. I'm actually not as down on Gibson as others, but that's because I have some of McKissick's work sliding to Gibson, just hoping for coaching common sense. But I agree with Josh and non PPR. I think you kind of have to lead Boston Scott. Time out. We're hoping for coaching common sense in the nfl <laughs> exactly because clearly the new england patriots showed this week with josh mcdaniel's play calling that coaching common sense is out the window yep, yep. It's, it's you know you know when the patriots can't have common sense against a mediocre opponent you know no one else in the league is going to i just wish these coaches cared about our fantasy teams right it all started with Mike Shanahan, that bastard. Ryan, it's not even that. It's the fact that some of these coaches just don't see it. Bullshit. You're t- I'm telling you, Ron Rivera goes and sees that J.D. McKissick's available in 78% of the <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm going to make those guys regret that. <laughs> That's what Brandon McManus did. He went backtracked and said, all Oh, that was hilarious. Of- that yeah. was awesome. I loved yeah. it. All 4% of you that stuck with me, I appreciate you. To the other 96%, he basically said F off. That was I love it. I love that kind of stuff. Fantastic. From a kicker of all people. All right. Didn't, Ken, didn't Kenny and Drake say something after his big game finally too? Because he's yeah. been talking well, Ken, fantasy. Kenyon Drake can go shove it because he's going to run for 40 yards this week. So he Seattle, Seattle's actually been good against the running back. And I think a lot of it is because their pass defense is so bad yeah, that nobody's not needed. But yeah. Jo- Josh, it's it's not even that. Kenyon Drake is just not not good. Like it's it's that simple. Kenyon Drake is not good this year. He's not good. You're, you're talking to the ultimate Kenyon Drake Kenyon Drake truther here. So yeah, no, I I understand. I understand. That's not Kenyon Drake. Trying to ride with my boy here because I've got him in so many leagues. <laughs> there you go. Not, you have not, to. Not Kenyon Drake. Obligation. <laughs> yes. All right, that is no pun intended here. Yes, we did miss Jake for most of the second half of the show, but he will be back with us on Saturday for our Start Sit different day at 11 a.m. Eastern, only on Twitter, Facebook, and now YouTube. So be sure to check us out there. Also, be sure to check out the Speakeasy and Club Dynasty over on YouTube as well. Those are on there. Just go to our YouTube page. Make sure to subscribe. Josh, I think you want to say something. No. Oh, you're, you're, you're about that. Dude, you're you're in your end of the show spiel, man. I'm I'm just here. Yeah, we're done uh, talking at that point. We're we're coasting at this point. Look, looked like you're about to say something. So just, just COVID. Uh, just COVID. <laughs> trying to, yep. Trying to creep out of his body. Yep, that's perfect. Put that mask back on. Yes. Um. <laughs> I I don't know where I'm at for for the one Hudsonian for the fantasy five and for myself. Uh, you can follow Club Fantasy on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Club Fantasy FFL. The URL is clubfantasyffl.com. Always remember, defense wins championships, offense wins fantasy football. Join us next week for the Week 8 Fantasy Football Preview with... Oh boy, are you ready? Because we, we had her on Week 8 of last year. Some random girl. Some random person. Don't Google her name. <laughs> Stepmom Lauren. Lauren Carpenter, writer with the Fantasy Footballers, Fantasy Pros, and Roto World. You know, real, real low life, yeah, low level never fantasy heard of name out there. No <laughs> one's ever heard of her. Uh, she will be joining us for our Week 8 Fantasy Football Preview. We had her on midseason last year. We're happy to have her on 
Once again, it's going to be a fantastic show. Join us next week, Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. See ya.